ever met someone who just doesn't care about things? Sometimes it can even seem kind of attractive to be completely carefree. But sadly, apathy is a trap that keeps many from ever knowing the truth that can save them for eternity. Here's Pastor David with more. Now we're in a series of messages called White Lies, exposing half-truths and protecting the gospel. Lord willing, we're going to be able to study several forms of broken worldviews, okay? Bad ideas, bad philosophies, bad theologies that are widespread in our culture. The first is apathyism. That's the one for today. It's a worldview, but it's also kind of an attitude. As much as it is a set of beliefs, it's a set of I don't care about these beliefs. It's just an I don't care attitude. I just don't care. If the Christ follower were a crossing guard, okay, let's assume that instead of telling people about Jesus and getting to heaven, you were the crossing guard and you knew that a bus was going to come. Okay? You didn't know exactly what time, but you knew the bus was coming down the street. So your job was to tell the people who were meandering in the street, there's a bus coming. Okay? Let's imagine that's who you are and that was your job in evangelism. If that were the case, the atheist would stand in the middle of the street explaining that belief in buses is nonsense and repeating, I don't believe in buses, I don't believe in buses, I don't believe in buses. The agnostic would explain that he doesn't know if buses are real or not. And so he's going to stay in the street and take his chances. The apathyist would simply ignore you, give you a little half smile, and say to himself, I don't care to talk about buses. And then look back down at his smartphone. Okay? All three are going to get smacked if they stay in the middle of the street. Right? All three of them are going to get smacked. But the atheist often desires to share in a reasoned conversation with you. I don't believe in buses. Why don't you believe in buses? Well, I'll tell you why I don't believe in buses, and we can have this conversation. The agnostic says, we can't know that. And I say, I think you can know that. And we talk about whether he can know that. The apathy is, nothing. Nothing. That's the apathyist. It is just difficult. They'll just, meh. So how do you reach him before he gets hit? That's a question for the church. We have an obligation as the body of Christ, to be that aroma. And if we got to open some noses up so they can smell, then we'll do that, right? we got to find out how to reach it. But first, we need to understand the spiritual state and the worldview of the apatheist. As with all things relating to people, there are many reasons, many reasons why a person becomes an apatheist. And by the way, not many people would use this term to describe themselves. If you said, what are you? They probably wouldn't say, I'm an apatheist. <laughs> it's more of a description that we use based on their lives and the way they live them, right? Oh, and did I mention that there are people who would identify themselves as Christians who are apatheists? There are self-identifying Christians who seem to have little interest in talking or thinking about God or having God be a part of their daily lives or living for him or any of that kind of stuff. But if you ask them, what are you? They'd say, oh, I'm a Christian. Meh. But, but why are apatheists so apathetic? Well, K. Robert Brashears suggests three possible reasons people become apathetic towards the big questions about God. One, the lack of reason to care. Two, the lack of motivation to care. And three, the lack of will to care. The person who has no reason to care believes that the current worldly philosophies are good enough to get by on. 
what many of you would call secularism or secular humanism, kind of the zeitgeist, kind of what's in the air of our culture, they're like, that's good enough. That seems to be working, right? They think that science and sort of popular morality will sort of get them through. They'll do okay. After all, it seems like lots of other people are doing okay. The person with no motivation to care is just impatient. She has plenty of digital means to keep herself occupied. And if it can't be explained in a tweet or a meme, it's not worth learning. The gospel is simple, but it's not simplistic. I can't meme you the gospel. So it's not going to work that way, right? And so when you have a book like the Bible, which is long with this incredible adventurous narrative where God is showing who he is from beginning to end and it all fits together, there's so much to do and so much to learn, that doesn't work well in a tweet. And so who's got the time, right? It takes time and effort and work to understand the person with no motivation just doesn't have the patience to be interested in it. The person with no will to care is actually afraid according to Bashir's. She doesn't want to think about God because God may change her life if she starts thinking about him. He may come in and want to mess with things, and change is hard. People don't want to change, so the question is avoided, and when it's avoided long enough, it's just considered unimportant. Meh. There they go. All of these are likely at the root of the problem for some apatheists. But here's the thing. If you pulled on the thread of apatheism, where is this coming from? What you're going to find is that that cord is going to run through the same place that what things like progressive Christianity that we're going to talk about run through. Okay? Same place that moralistic therapeutic deism runs through, and that's postmodernism. You're going to come back. At the end of it is, of course, Satan. All of these are doctrines of demons. All of these are just falsehoods that are there to draw people away from truth. But as you go through that, the, the thing that's sort of overarching the worldview is postmodernism. Now, I know that postmodernism is fun to talk about, so we're going to do that. We're, we're not going to spend too much time going through postmodernism today. In fact, if you want to hear more about that, you can go back and watch uh, the Skeptics Forum. I think it was, our first, it was our first Skeptics series from 2016. It's on the website. It's on the app. It's on YouTube. It's everywhere that you want to get. Go get it, and you can learn all about postmodernism and modernism and premodernism. I talk about all that. So let me just give you kind of a, a quick summary of postmodernism, okay? Postmodernism rejects the idea that there are any big stories, any true narratives that explain who we are, why we're here, where the world came from, what we're doing, what we were made for, our purpose. All of those things postmodernism just rejects. Either saying they don't exist or you can't know them, okay? It rejects the idea that you can know any truth, except, I guess, for the truth that you can't know any truth. They leave that one out. You can know that one. Anyway, I didn't say it made sense. It's just a philosophy. This philosophy is deeply ingrained in our culture. In fact, I think most people, even in the church, have caught at least a little bit of postmodernism. And if you look at sort of the studies that come out or the survey that come out where they look at whether people have a biblical worldview, you'll often find that many, many people, including pastors, teachers at Christian schools, things like this, have bought in to some postmodern ideas. They catch it like a cold and they live it out because they believe certain things in it. Ideas have consequences. If you think that you can just have an idea and it's not going to have consequences, it does. 
Ideas about the gospel have consequences like eternal life. Ideas like postmodernism, the opposite. They lead to death. Postmodernism has had some serious and evil consequences in our society. So basically you've got postmodernism here. Along with that, you've got this scientism, which is essentially where society, as they reject God more and more, they have to find some authority out there. So they've given to the scientists this ability to come up with consensuses that are next, sort of the new orthodoxy, right? They're the new religious leaders. So when they say something, you have to go with it. And then on top of that, you have your morality. The scientists aren't so much on that. Instead, you get that formed by movie stars and pop singers, whoever's got access to Twitter or Instagram. They preach a new morality. And the problem is, it causes a real problem when you get your morality from people who aren't qualified to give it. The problem is, is that people don't trust anyone because people have become very untrustworthy. A lot of lies. A lot of lies from the people that we used to think that we could trust. Truth is, we probably never could. But as that comes, the problem is, is the reaction for some people is they go, I can't believe that guy. I can't believe that girl. I can't believe this. I can't believe that. Meh. I can't figure it out. I'm not going to work on it. I'm not going to work on it. If I can't get a good answer, then I don't care. And since postmodernism tells them there are no good answers, they choose to ignore the questions. Questions about whether God exists no longer interest them. Can you imagine not being interested in knowing whether God exists? I just don't care. It's like, well, if he does exist and Jesus is his son and you reject him, then you're going to go to hell forever. I don't care. I've got a PlayStation, right? They don't care. It's one thing to have dealt with it and reject it. That person I can talk to. It's another thing to say, I don't even want to talk about it. Questions about heaven and hell, of course, are just too judgmental. So they meh their way into apathyism. Postmodernism leads to apathy. I don't know who to trust, so I give up. Of course, there are ways to research. There are ways to learn. There are ways to know whether things are true and to think well and to divide truth from lies. All of those things exist but they were not taught to them. Our culture is reeling from over a hundred years of schools doing a lot of schooling and very little education. Not the fault of teachers, not the fault necessarily of administrators even. It all comes back. You start pulling on this thread. You look at the history. You look at where it goes. It comes back to actually a number of evil people towards the end of the 19th century, who basically started that process that would lead from modernism into postmodernism. So we teach kids how to get test scores, but we rarely teach them how to think or even suggest that there's anything true for them to think about. We don't treat them like they're human beings created in the image and likeness of God with minds that were made to know truth and to know him. So because if I approach it from that side, I'm going to think very differently about what I teach. we got teachers in this room. That's how they teach. It's an uphill battle, though, because the philosophy of the school system is not there's a God and he's made you in his image and likeness. It is you're a meat sack that evolved from a cell 
and we're all going to go into heat death at some point. Until then, you know, here's some condoms. That's what they do. Sorry, parents who are having to explain their kids what that is. <laughs> Online, over here, whatever. That's, that's what they do, right? And so they feel, they as in people, a lot of apathyists, feel like they're not equipped to even figure it out. So they ignore the question. They simply ignore the problem. Postmodernists claim and claimed that there was no way to know truth and then encouraged everyone to create their own truth. Everyone decided they could just think what they want and say whatever they want. That's why you have such robust social media. What's going on on Twitter? What's going on over there? What do you guys all have to say so much? Right? Everybody's got something to say. Facebook, same thing. They can say what they want. And their opinions are just as good as my facts in their minds. The rules of logic, evidence, and reason are thrown out in favor of feelings and popular views. Now, here's the thing. It's wild. When everyone creates their own reality, postmodernism fulfills its own claim. It wasn't true, but it becomes true to people. Because as they believed it and started creating their own thing, then it started to be that for them, actually, they don't have the tools to know the difference, which is what postmodernism told them was true in the first place. And so now we have this group of people, large, large group of people who feel unable to know any truth. They feel un unable to reasonably talk about God, so they don't. After all, they have plenty to do. They can always distract themselves, right? They can spend all day playing on their phone, playing video games. Some of you are thinking, but don't only children play video games? Check this out. Apparently, according to the statistics, to statistics put out by the Entertainment Software Association in 2013, the average age of a video gamer is 30. Only 32% of gamers are under 18. 32% are between 18 and 35, and 36% are 36 years and older. The average age of the most frequent game purchaser is 35 years old. And I thought, shouldn't that just be like dads buying video games for their kids? And then I realized people don't have kids anymore. Because they're playing video games. <laughs> no offense, I think video games are cool. Just, you know, easy, easy. So this is not just kids. We're a wealthy society, folks. And people do not feel like they have real needs. So they ignore God. We feel that we have no needs. We get everything we want. Not very good quality, of course. Nothing is the same quality as it once was. But a person could spend every waking hour of their life scrolling through Facebook, watching Netflix and YouTube, and playing video games. Every hour of their life. They could probably go through lifetimes and lifetimes before the distractions ran out. That's how much, con I don't remember what it is, like a billion hours of stuff on Netflix, of which about five are worth watching. Remember the parable of the sower that Jesus tells us in Matthew 13. About a sower who goes out and sows seed. Some on the wayside, right? It's eaten up by the birds. Some kind of in the rocky ground, it kind of springs up fast but it's got no root, so it withers when the sun comes out. And then some fell among thorns, and the thorns choked it out. They choked it out. 
and some landed on good ground and yielded crops, some 100-fold, some 60, some 30. Jesus explains the parable to his disciples, and when he talks about the seed among thorns, he says this. This is Matthew 13, 22. Now, he who received the th- seed among thorns is he who hears the word, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. The cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches can choke out even good seed. They're not getting good seed from the world. And they've got all that. They're choking. People are choking. Here's the thing. Following Christ is not supposed to be easy. It was never intended to be easy. It's real. It's real. And real things are hard in a fallen world. Weak and unsatisfying things are easy. There is such a thing as truth. And we can know it. That's important. To put it at the foundation of your worldview, there is such a thing as truth, and we can know it. The truth is the basis of the Christian worldview. The truth. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Important statement because you either accept it or reject it, and that has eternal consequences. There really are consequences for the things we believe. Jesus is real, and just not caring will never change that truth. Now, if you have any questions or comments about today's episode, or we can help you find the truth, please call us at 360-885-9000. Or even better, come see us this Sunday morning. Axe Church is real easy to find in Vancouver, Washington, and you can get directions and all the info you need anytime at axechurchnw.org. Hope to meet you this Sunday. And I hope you'll be with us next time for part two of this look at apathy with Pastor David Robinson here on Contemplate. Contemplate.